Hello and welcome to Our Lady of Victory streaming. It's Wednesday, October 18th, and we're going to reflect upon the first reading from Mass today, which is taken from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy, chapter 4, verses 10 through 17. But also today, the Church celebrates the feast of St. Luke the Evangelist. So we're going to talk about Luke and his gospel and his writings a bit as well, because Luke, you'll see, is mentioned in this passage. So first, a reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, Demas, enamored of the present world, deserted me and went to Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus to Dalmatia. Luke is the only one with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is helpful to me in the ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus in Troas, the papyrus rolls, and especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. You too be on guard against him, for he has strongly resisted our preaching. At my first offense, no one appeared on my behalf, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be completed and all the Gentiles might hear it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's talk about Luke a bit and his writings, okay? So um, first of all, when we list the Gospels, we say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, why do we say it that way? Well, because early church tradition taught that Matthew was written first. It's a chronological order. Matthew was written first, Mark was written second, Luke third, and John. Well, scholarship since then has kind of challenged that. Um, some say Matthew was written first, some say Mark was written first. Okay, we don't know for sure, but that's why we say it that way. Um, Luke is also one of the synoptic gospels. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels. And real high level, why do they call them that? Well, um, synoptic is a Greek word that kind of means uh, similar as seeing through a similar eye, for example. So, and the reason they, they call them the synoptic gospels is they share information. Primarily, they share Mark as a source. So they say that the scholars say that Matthew and Luke use material that they got from Mark as includes it in their gospel. Okay, so that's why they call them the synoptic gospel. There's also a source called Q that is, it's, it's never, it's uh, never been found, this source Q. It's a theoretical source that uh, they suggest might be shared between them as well. So that's why they're called the synoptic gospels. In fact, Mark mentioned here in this passage um, is John Mark, the author of the gospel of Mark. So it's interesting to see that uh, these evangelists traveled together in some cases. They both knew Paul. Luke and Mark both knew Paul. And tradition tells us that John Mark was a companion of St. Peter. He was his interpreter. So what that tells us is it's evidence of the firsthand accounts that um, the gospel writers are able to give us. So uh, Luke uh, also writes Acts of the Apostles. Luke is the only gospel writer to have a sequel, Acts of the Apostles. So he also writes Acts of the Apostles. And the date of authorship for Luke um, is debatable, uh, maybe anywhere from 60 to 70 AD, some say. Some say later than that. 
I kind of uh, side with the earlier dating in my own thinking because, you know, Acts of the Apostles ends abruptly with Paul's arrest in Rome around 62 AD. You know, Paul is, I think, about five years later executed. You would think Luke would mention that if uh, this wasn't already written. Um, and Luke never says anything about um, the Roman persecutions in the mid-60s uh, or mentioned the fact, like I just said, that Peter and Paul were both martyred. So it kind of I kind of side with it being written a bit earlier. So um, why was it written? Well, it, let's read the prologue or the preface to, to Luke. He kind of tells us why. He, he does tell us why. So he says this, chapter 1, verse 1. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us, just as they were delivered us to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the truth concerning the things of which you have been informed. So he tells us right up front that he's writing to Theophilus. Uh, scholars um, scholars debate, is this a real person or is it um, a theoretical person? Uh, Theophilus means friend of friend or beloved of God. So um, many think that Theophilus is like a benefactor for Luke, kind of financing his ability to write this gospel and, and to acquire all this information. Luke, as we've already said and see from this passage, is a companion of Paul. So uh, he's with him, he's near him during his, his imprisonment. Uh, Paul kind of identifies Luke for us. In, um, in uh, Colossians 4.14, Paul hints that uh, Luke is a Gentile, a non-Jew. He says, uh, Luke the beloved physician, he lists Luke, the beloved physician, as among his uncircumcised companions. So that would indicate that he wasn't circumcised. He's not Jewish. Um, Luke appears in Acts during St. Paul's second missionary journey and later accompanies Paul to Jerusalem. He's near Paul when he's in prison, as we see today. And um, also he's with Paul when Paul is shipwrecked in Malta. So that's like Acts 28. In Acts chapter 28, the end of the Acts of the Apostle, Paul is just before Paul goes to Rome. Um, and uh, he's in custody. He's in Roman custody at the time. And he shipwrecks on the island of Malta. Now, Serena and I uh, were Maltese, so our family's Maltese. So we greatly love that passage and and uh, uh, read it often just because it, it brings us joy. It talks about how hospitable the natives of the island were and you know Maltese people are that way to this day if you visit Malta I think you'll find that to be true so the material Luke contains in his gospel it's it's some of the most beloved stories in the Bible so stories that are unique to Luke and that are beloved and held closely in our hearts the Christmas story the birth of Jesus the canticle of Zechariah so Zechariah the father of of John the Baptist when his tongue is loosened he he proclaims this beautiful canticle mary's magnificat my soul proclaims the greatness of the lord and my spirit rejoices in god my savior the parable of the rich man and lazarus the parable of the good samaritan the story of zacchaeus especially these three i want to touch on the, the story of zacchaeus the lost sheep the parable of the prodigal son these um 
kind of highlight one of the themes in Luke's gospel. Some call it a gospel of mercy or a gospel of hospitality. The focus more on the gospel of uh, mercy right now. Um, those parables, the prodigal son, for example, it, it helps us develop an image of God as a compassionate father who seeks us out and wants to save us and how the, all the heavens rejoice when one of us sinners return to him. Uh, Luke's gospel is one of universal salvation, salvation that is open to all people. It's how we uh, initially learned um, that uh, from Luke and Paul and Peter even, but we learned from Luke that salvation isn't just for the people of Israel. It's for um, it's for everyone. So uh, it's a gospel of mercy and compassion, one that helps us form our our image of God as approachable, as uh, one who desires with his whole heart for our, us to return to Him. And I think that's one of the um, the messages we can take away for our own life is to to see God in that way, to see God as a loving Father. There's no sin in our life that God won't forgive. Luke teaches us that in the parable of the of the prodigal son, for one. In Zacchaeus, the, the tax collector, he's rejected by all because he has defrauded them. You know, he's he's uh, he's done evil to them. You know, he's, he's rejected by all in his community, I should say, the people of Israel. Zacchaeus repents. Jesus restores him to his original dignity. And, the, and Zacchaeus, uh, in turn, makes whole the people that he's defrauded. So a message of God's mercy and compassion, a mission of a message of how God's grace transforms us when we surrender to him. So I think that's what we can take away from the reflection today. Um, Luke heard the gospel and he responded to it. And God in turn glorified his life. Look at here today, 2,000 years ago, we're talking about Luke, the Gentile physician because he surrendered himself to God. How many people will be in heaven because of Luke said yes to his call, that he lived out his call? So uh, we can take that away. God is compassionate and loving. He wants us to be everything that we can be. And when we surrender our lives to him, he makes our lives meaningful and and and, and fruitful is what I really want to say. So let's uh, leave with that thought. Go in peace, brothers and sisters.